The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out cybionicscgm.com. How's it going? It's Owen here, and this is a bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast, Redefining Diabetes. Every week, we'll dip back into the episode archive and get you to think and reflect once more about some of the things we've learned from the podcast over the last few years. It could be some diabetic wisdom, advice, a great guest, or even a hypo story. So enjoy this bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast. I was in awe of you doing them, and I was sitting in front of my laptop recording them in as you were sending them to me. And you messaged me, goes, I'm just after finishing. I'm absolutely wrecked. I'll send you on a voice message. I said, no rush whatsoever. And that voice message never came. I reckon you just (laughs) passed out. So how did the last run go? And how did you feel after it was all done? Oh, Graham, I tell you, the last three runs were so painful. (laughs) Right? Like, I know, I I think I might have touched on it briefly in the voice notes that I was saying. To be honest, I can't even really remember sending the voice notes I'm almost afraid to listen to them back because I don't really know what I know what I was saying. But the last three runs, it was like every step somebody was stabbing my legs. <laughs> it was like because because my hamstrings were super, super tight. My knee, that reoccurring injury that I had, was just in bits. My shin splints were kicking in big time. So every step was agony <laughs> you know but uh really enjoyed it the last run particularly was very difficult but really 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 enjoyed it i have to say my dad actually got on the bike for the nighttime ones and came around with me but he also did the same on the last one and for the whole four miles i was just like just waddling along i was technically running i had like Apart from a couple of times, my knee, I had to walk for like 30 seconds. But yeah, it was just very, very, very painful. But it was really good, really enjoyable. And as I said, they were the ones I was looking for because they were the ones that are kind of testing your head, testing you physically and absolutely testing your blood sugar. But what was fascinating was I got to like three point eight five miles so 0.15 of a mile left and i sprinted i i sprinted the last 0.15 and it was like this energy just came out of nowhere it was like the, the final hurdle of the final 48 mile just was gone sprinted unreal so what 
did you learn from day one that you implemented into day two? So obviously we know from day one, you had no fast acting insulin. You took on your basal, but you were going to use less basal for the second day. Did that work? And also what did you do food wise? Yeah. So the first day I took my normal amount of basal, which I probably shouldn't have done, took no fast acting again. Second day I took, I think it was like a third of my basal or a half. I can't even remember correctly, but a significant drop in the amount that I would usually take, obviously to anticipate those blood sugar drops. And even then my bloods were still coming down. I was, I was loading in food. I didn't take any fast acting insulin at all. And that's what's, that's, was part of it that made it more difficult was because you do the run and then you'd know that by the time you get home you've max three hour break before you're starting the next one so within that three hours you obviously want to eat to refuel your body you want to eat so that your blood sugar is going to be at the right level to start the next run But the timing can be difficult because you don't want to eat too early where your blood sugars are through the roof two, three hours before the next run because then you might need to take insulin. Mm. And I knew that if I took any fast-acting insulin, I'd still have insulin on board because there would be three to four hours and I knew that my bloods would drop anyway. So I was kind of coming home, treating a low if I had one, and then in a way, kind of waiting to eat until it was an hour, an hour and a half before the next run. Because I know I didn't want to take insulin, but I know I wanted my bloods to come up to a certain height going into the next one. Yeah, so it's all about timing, the timing mm. of the, the rise, and then that would coincide then with your run and it would bring it down naturally. Absolutely. <laughs> it's funny, it's like you're dealing with what's going on in your head, you're yeah, dealing with what's yeah. going on physically, but then obviously as a diabetic and if there's a diabetic listening if you've done anything similar to this it's just that extra layer of complications thanks for listening to this bite-sized episode of the insulin podcast and if you want to listen to the full episode you can check it out in the description chat to you soon